It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to the show. Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB. I think if you're listening to the show, it's probably always going to be me because I don't have um, anybody to fill in as a host. So yeah, it's me. You hear me uh, on the traffic team, triple team traffic, Monday through Friday, right here during Atlanta's morning news, 4.30 to 9. And we slow things down on Saturday morning. And uh, things heat up, though, after 8 a.m. this morning. I am off the air an hour early so that we may bring you the Georgia Bulldogs pregame tailgate show begins at 8 a.m. today with another game, a noon kickoff. And we also have a noon kickoff against Georgia Tech next Saturday as well. So today's senior day in Athens. Congratulations to what a big season the Georgia seniors have had. They're definitely going out on top. Um, today we host Charleston Southern. So that's going to be a, a fun game. And I think a lot of, um, you know, second and third string players will Certainly get some playing time in the game today. So, yep, here's 6 to 8, 404-872-0750. And I'll take your questions and your comments, garden you know, problems you may be having or what to do about something in the landscape. But today, further into the show, we're going to be talking about, I don't want to say something controversial because that sounds very, um, you know, trying to blow things out of proportion. So it's not controversial, but whether or not to leave the leaves, right? The discussion, the age-old discussion, really. Uh, whether or not to leave all of the leaves. This is like probably the heaviest time where the leaves are falling. These are the last couple of weeks where we're going to have to be really doing the heavy duty, blowing and mowing and raking and all of that kind of thing. But the thought process there in that leaving leaves on the ground provides nutrients back to the soil, right? The leaves have to break down over time, though, with folks walking on them and the rain and storms and things like that, them getting shredded up a little bit. But that's why you put shredded leaves in the compost pile for the very same reason. They do have nutritious value. So leaving those on the ground, letting them leach back into the soil, provide those nutrients, also providing homes for insects overwintering, trying to you know take in protection from the cold, and then feeding the birds because the birds know to pick through those leaves and be on the ground of robins and things like that and try to find the insects for dietary, you know, supplements. So um, you've got this this beautiful lawn, and I know you've paid a lot of money to sod it or seed it, and you want it to be green, green, green. I'm doing the same thing. Actually, I, I had fescue seeded back in October, and it's super green right now, and it looks really great. It's brand new. Um, so there's something to be said for taking the leaves off, right? Because it needs the water, it needs the sunlight and all that kind of thing. So we're going to get into that from a couple of different angles today. I'm really excited to have Lori Wilson, uh, Channel 2 Action News this morning, anchor at the bottom of the hour with us to talk about a recent story she did about the noise complaints that some Buckhead residents are making with a nonstop drone of blowers this time of year. And then coming up um, at 7 o'clock, we'll continue the conversation with Mary Kay Woodworth. She's the executive director of the Urban Ag Council and really does a lot with making sure landscapers have the knowledge they need and the tools they need to run their businesses to help residents and certifications and all of that kind of thing. So a couple of different angles. Just be open-minded about it. I, I don't fall on one side of the fence or the other, which is a good thing because um, I don't want to upset anybody. But it's just interesting. If you have really strong opinions about that, 
and something to weigh in, and you probably know more than me about the subject, call 404-872-0750 this morning, and that's what we'll be talking about. And then coming up before the end of the show, Pike Nursery, things to consider when choosing a Christmas tree, because today's the day. Today is the day that live Christmas trees have arrived and have been set up in all the Pike Nursery stores. There's six or seven different varieties you can go and shop with the family and pick out for the house. And I'm really excited because I usually do that the first weekend of December, my husband and I. Um, So looking forward to talking with Charles Lampkin from Pike Nursery there. 404-872-0750. I get a lot of really interesting emails in my inbox. And this uh, most recent one is from Georgia Farm Bureau. And they have some great content, things that are going on in the state. And you've heard Dr. David Coyle from Clemson University Um, an entomologist and kind of forest health researcher on the show. And we've talked about all kinds of invasive species with him and the things that he looks out for in South Carolina and the things that we're kind of trying to be on the lookout for in Georgia, too. Spotted lanternfly is one of the last ones we spoke about. Um, We've also got the Asian longhorned beetle. And now in this magazine, I'm seeing that there is an Asian longhorned tick now that has been spotted in Georgia. That first was seen in the United States in 2017, and now one has been spotted on a cow in Pickens County. And really the concern there is for farmers, folks with cows and sheep and horses, um, over-infestation of these things. I mean, they're reproducing rapidly, could really harm or kill the animal from excessive blood loss. So being on the lookout for just one more different variety of tick is always something you got to be on the lookout for. But uh, really interesting to realize all these invasive species, whether it's the Asian longhorned beetle, um, this, the Asian longhorned tick, or even that spotted lanternfly, all come from Asia. So they hitch a ride somehow, maybe on a cargo ship. I don't even know. And conditions are great here in the southeast United States for them to repopulate at an insane route. So that's when we become citizen scientists and different uh, university departments ask for our help and really reporting these things and being on the lookout for these invasive things that could probably damage, you know, just our natural ecosystem. So something quite interesting this morning. All right. Ready to start taking your calls. First up, and I love <coughs> this, it's Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? You are up early, and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, I'm always. My dog gets me up at five o'clock every morning. You know, I had to let Shadow out this morning at four thirty, and she's like a teenager. Usually, she's very lethargic. She wants to just stay asleep um, on the bed for hours. And she was up before me today, which was weird. But uh, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. On yeah. That. So, um, yeah. you know, you posted some great pictures on your Facebook page the other day, which I loved, and you were so excited. I remember you telling me when you planted asparagus plants. And now there's really some things you're kind of starting to do with those. And I wanted you to share that with folks because maybe, you know, some haven't tried. Well, the main thing, I I watched them all summer. They just, I planted them in the spring. Uh, I think around Easter, if I remember, I haven't been keeping my diary as well as I should, but I think it was around Easter. And I planted them and they came up. They were beautiful. Um, And of course, I think they're pretty anyway because they look like asparagus ferns. I love them. And so I planted those, and they did all summer. I fertilized them a little bit, and then they just got huge. They were taller than me, which is not real tall, but they were still <laughs> tall than me. And, um, and then about, I guess, about a month ago, they began to look kind of ugly. And so last week, uh, I cut them back. And 
uh, hopefully, you know, so I didn't harvest any. I, I have to sneak and tell you that I did try some just raw, which is what I, I like of raw anyway. So I did try a couple that way, but I didn't harvest them last year. And so it's my understanding that I can harvest one time this year. Well, that's important. Tell folks why you don't harvest that first year. What's <laughs> the thought process? Well, they need the, the leaves and everything, the foliage, in order to put energy back into the roots. So that uh, next year, so that they can maintain themselves. So that's mainly the reason. And then next year, and not not this coming spring, but the next spring, I can harvest them several times. And then the next year, as long as they're up, I can I can harvest them. And how much space do we need in the garden for you know really a worthwhile planting of asparagus? My my space, I guess, is probably six by. Something like that. I had a couple of, of, of beehives there. I had asparagus there years ago, and I wanted to put in some beehives, and I wanted to be in my garden. So I put the beehives there, so I had to take the asparagus out. And then I had to get rid of my beehives. And when I did that, then uh, I thought, well, I'm going to get my asparagus back because nice. I got plenty for a year. But <laughs> that was all right because uh, this year they're back. And is this a full sun area, or can it take some yeah. shade? It, it, these are full, this is in full sun, um, and it's right next to the, my vegetable garden, so it works great. That's perfect. And tell me, because I do remember the conversation, like you said, around the spring, around Easter, um, looking for asparagus to plant can be a little tricky. I mean, I know there's a ton of different varieties that folks choose, but how did you yeah. end up you know, picking one variety, and where did you find it? Well, actually, I used more than one variety. And where do you think I got it? Now, that was a silly thing to ask. <laughs> Does it start with a P and ends with an Ike? <laughs> and that's right, Ike Nursery. Um, that's why I never get a paycheck, because I spend all my money there. <laughs> but, no, um, I, but I, I wanted male varieties. I didn't want female varieties, because the female varieties kind of speed out, and they put a lot of energy into sitting out. So I, I didn't want females... So although I did get one Mary Washington, which is a female, and um, it it, uh, it did fine. So I'll, I'll see how that goes. Uh, I noticed some of the little berries on it uh, this fall, so I know it'll see how. So, but the one I like is called Jersey Knight. Okay. It, it's a male. It, it sounds like a male. And then I got another one that was purple, and I can't remember what the name of it was, but it came from Pikes, and it was purple. Now, how do you and, plant it? Is it like a tuber kind of thing or rhizome? Yeah, it is. It is. It's like a tuber, and it's um, you plant them real shallow, plant them very, very, very shallow. And I probably, I, I think I probably planted mine too close, but um, you know, I planted them about a foot apart, something oh, okay. like that. How and exciting! The bed was absolutely full. So anyway, I'm excited. I can't wait. Next next Easter, we're going to have asparagus from our bed. I hope so. I'll steam it. I'll roast it. I will eat it with you. I'm right there with you. And I, I love, love you know. Keep up on the Facebook page. I love that you just you enjoy your backyard and you go out there and you take the time to admire your work, which you should. You work very hard and share all your pictures with others, and it's very inspiring because like you posted a picture of your fatsia in full bloom. I had never seen that before, so that it, makes me want to grow beautiful. fatsia. Oh, you've got to. And uh-huh. got, I still got some. And they bloom in November every year, and they're great. I, I love it. You know, I, I was speaking to the uh, Ansley Park Garden Club a couple of weeks ago, and that was one plant that actually kind of uh, 
you know, inspired a, a discussion a little bit because it makes a tropical look for a shade garden. So it's actually quite useful that way. And believe it or not, mine is in some sun and it just done fine. It's only getting a couple of hours a day, you know, full sun, yeah. you know, direct sun. But it, it's done really, really good for me. And, you know, it's one of the parents of the fat shedra, which is another plant that we carry at Pikes. It's, usually it's a variegated one. It's uh, the smaller leaf. Beautiful. It's half fat well, and half English ivy. Okay, here wow. you got to go. Well, yeah, Mickey, I'm so glad you called. Have a great morning and enjoy those Christmas trees when you go into work today. Oh, you're going to love it. Everybody needs to come in. It's it's wonderful. They'll be there. Have a great Saturday. We're going to take a break, and I'll be right back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend on WSB. 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Here's Ashley. Sneaking up to a cold 40 degrees this morning here on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. The weather update for the weekend brought to you by Finley Roofing. I don't know why my voice just cracked there today. It's going to be mostly sunny. A high of only 55 degrees and breezy, chilly today. And tomorrow, a few clouds moving in. Showers arrive late in the evening. A little bit warmer tomorrow. High of 62 and lows getting down to the low 40s. Your complete forecast coming up in 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So you've got a lot on your plate, literally and figuratively, with Thanksgiving coming up this week. So you may not spend as much time out in the yard, but I always try to just simplify this for you, not overwhelm you. Three easy things to do in the landscape this weekend. Number one, we talked about this a little bit, and oh, you'll hear more about it. Shred fallen leaves, spread them on flower beds. They're also good for the compost pile if you give them a few months to break down, and you'll mix them into those garden beds where you're going to be doing your spring planting. That's going to be fantastic nutrition for that soil. And how do you shred them? Well, there's a couple of different ways. You can mow over a pile, set the mower blade at the right height, and get that done. Or folks have actually been known to put them in an aluminum trash can and stick the weed eater in there and shred them up that way. But I can imagine that's super noisy. So that wouldn't be my recommended way to do it. But however you need to shred the leaves, you shred the leaves. Number two, move ferns inside. If you haven't already, a lot of people want to protect those Boston ferns. And yeah, you'd argue that a lot of ferns, they shed. And it may not be worth trying to overwinter. you got to have kind of a bigger place in the house for them. Um, Boston ferns, though, you can cut back before you take them in. They do need that humidity rather than the dry heat in your home. So keep that in mind if you maybe want to put them in a sunny bathroom or something like that. And number three, a checklist for endless summer hydrangeas. Yeah, I still see the big macrophylla, the blue blooms on a lot of hydrangeas. Now, this cold weekend may be the end of those. But just your easy checklist for those, there's nothing you need to be doing right now. Don't prune them. Don't fertilize them. That's the kind of plant that you prune after they bloom. 
insulate them with leaves. There's another use for leaves or mulch, and they'll be fine. And I had Michael write in on the Facebook page and say, well, my hydrangeas, you know, the, the leaves are starting to fall and yellow and have some brown spots. Is that disease? Do I need to be concerned? Nope, don't be concerned at all. But just good management practices. If there's concerns with any of the leaves, they may be diseased or something like that. Good idea to remove them from the base of the plant and the ground as they fall, just so there's no risk of spreading anything. All right, coming up on 630, we're going to be back and talk to Lori Wilson, Channel 2 Action News with a great story you'll want to hear. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. After 6.30 in the morning here on Green and Growing, you're listening to 95.5 WSB. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. It's a, it's a short show today. I'm a little bummed about that. Off the air at 8 instead of 9 because I've got to make room for your Georgia Bulldogs. They are hosting, I think, a Charleston Southern, some small little school. <laughs> We're undefeated. we got to make it happen. Kickoff is at noon right here on your home of the dogs. And Walter Reeves is taking the Saturday off. So I have another exciting guest for you today, folks. I'm glad you're here with us. Lori Wilson from Channel 2 Action News this morning has joined me early, bright and early. <laughs> this is nothing new to you, you know, uh, being up early. But on a Saturday, that's your day to sleep in, girl. The good thing is, at least I don't have to worry about makeup. I can put my hair up in a scrunchie, wear my comfy sweater, and we're all good. Welcome to the radio world. That's my life every day. I love day. it. It's so nice. Well, it's nice to have you. Thank you. And what got my attention was this story last week that you did after speaking to a Buckhead resident, and multiple Buckhead residents are quite upset about this issue. And Lori, let me just guarantee, mm-hmm. in the gardening world, this is going to be a hot-button issue, okay? And I've alluded to it a little bit in Saturday's past, leaf blowers and the constant drone of these sounds mm-hmm. all day, every day. I think after COVID, a lot of people became more aware of their landscapes and their home values, and people have a little extra money to spend right now. So landscaping is a booming business, and we'll be talking to Mary Kay Woodworth, who's the executive director of the Urban Ag Council mm-hmm. here in just a little bit. But the story you did is fascinating. I want to know how your attention was drawn to this story in the first place. Sheila Schutt, she's uh, the producer that really brought this to life and said, hey, why don't we do a story on leaf blowers. Uh, I know there's a Facebook group where people are really excited about, you know, creating some sort of a ban here in the city. And we also had city leaders who, at least because of the complaints that they got, said, we're going to look into this noise issue here in Atlanta and if there is something that needs to be explored um, further. So those are the people that get all the credit. But I will tell you, um, Ash, and we were talking a little bit about it uh, off air, every usually Saturday morning, uh, leaf blowers. That's what wakes me up. Right. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, like I just wanted those extra 10 minutes and, you know, eight o'clock straight up uh, on the dot. So it's something that not a lot of us did think about. But as you mentioned, because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. we all are listening to this drone. A lot more often. That's sure. right. From what you're saying now, the city of Atlanta that we're aware of does not have an existing noise ordinance for when landscapers can begin and end their work? No. But what they have said is because of the amount of noise complaints that we've gotten, we are going to look into the issue, which is, you know, hey, that first step in making some sort of change for those people who want 
that change. And, you know, everybody loves a beautiful yard. But as you said, it's kind of controversial as to what does that look like? Is it the beautiful colored leaves that uh, fall and stay uh, on the grass? Or is it a finely manicured with every leaf in place right. lawn, right? So the noise issue is part of it. And then you also spoke with some folks who come at it from an environmental angle. And that's kind of where my concern is. Mm-hmm. There's this disagreement in the garden community whether or not to leave the leaves. You leave them on the lawn, they can provide nutrients back to the dirt, you know, they can be served as compost if they're shredded and all that kind of thing. And I mean, if you're paying money to have this newly seeded or newly sodded lawn, you want to remove the leaves because you want it to get the sunshine and the water that it needs. So from the environmental aspect, tell me the interesting things that you uncovered of where the future might take equipment. The future, at least from what I've found, is is electric. Do you know? I yeah. mean, these two-stroke engines, as they call them, just uh, they only burn about 60 percent of the fuel. And so the rest of it is emitted into wow. the air, right? So if you're someone who might have some sort of... Um, Uh, a respiratory issue, even asthma. Like these are things that really aggravate your just ability to walk down the street. Um, And also the dust that comes up. (laughs) I mean, not to mention the mold that comes up. Uh, They even mentioned fecal particles uh, that are dusted that go into the air when you use this this equipment. Um, They're saying, hey, let's figure out a better way to do it, right? For those of you who do maybe not want to use the rake, Mm -hmm. uh, there are some other options. And that is, you know, electric and uh, battery powered. And and those two options, um, some say are as effective. There's others that say, look, they're just not strong enough for what I do. If I have a landscaping business, I just can't get it done. So yeah, I mean, if you're blowing maybe a two or three or greater acre yard, you know, gasoline power does give you a lot of strength. But what are the downfalls to maybe these people eventually being regulated to go to electric or battery powered? Well, the challenge for the companies is, look, this is expensive. If if we are going, you know, we've already made significant investments in our company just to have this equipment, which I guess you can get, uh, you know, a leaf blower gas powered about $700 or so. And they're saying these are not only more expensive, but we're going to have to replace everything in our fleet. Right. And we're just not getting the strength that we need. If you're looking at a battery powered option, what they're saying is these batteries don't last very long. So we've got crews out here that are doing entire neighbor neighborhoods and and a lot of land that they're trying to cover. And this just isn't going to get it done. At the same time, you know, technology continues to improve. So we'll see if they can meet in the middle somewhere. I'm sure it's not going to be anytime soon, but that's the goal. A fascinating story. Lori Wilson from Channel 2 Action News this morning and your colleague Fred Blankenship dropped by the studio yesterday and he and I were talking and I'm not going to say the name of the company, but have you seen the TV commercial where they say Leaf King? The Leaf King. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And he showed me that video and I died because I was like, Wow, that is one neighbor admiring his other neighbors, like huge. I mean, it was ridiculously a large blower, but it's kind of it lends itself to this whole story. You know, whether you adore your neighbor for keeping a nicely manicured lawn or it just aggravates the you know what out of you. (laughs) And I think probably your listeners fall on, on both sides. Well, and, you know, you and I have interesting schedules, too, very similar in that we get up really, really early, mm-hmm. get here to the station. And, I mean, I know you have a little one, so you may not be able to enjoy afternoon naps like I do two or three days a week. But it is. It's hard to sleep during the day 
when outdoors, everything is so active. Yes. And when my little one is in daycare, you're exactly right. I take that nap. But sure enough, one, two o'clock, you hear that fire up and I I can't get back to sleep after that. So, I mean, I love nice looking lawns. uh, But again, I think we can all kind of use uh, this opportunity to expand what our definition of a nice looking lawn is and think about the environment as well. There's a lot of angles here, folks, and I definitely want to hear from you. Like I said, I'm only on till 8 a.m. this morning, but certainly call in. I want your thoughts on this. 404-872-0750. I know a lot of you feel pretty strongly. I put this out on the Facebook page and we'll share it again. And Lori, how can folks, if they've not seen your beautiful face, how can they be introduced to you? <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, definitely on social media. Um, I'm Lori Wilson TV on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. For sure. So. And I'll see you Monday from 4.30 to 7 a.m. Hey, they're on my TV box <laughs> right there. Thank you, Lori, so much for joining me this morning. Thanks so much, Ash, for having me. So something I hadn't really given much consideration is, yeah, the folks with allergies, whether it's, you know, any kind of seasonal allergy or asthma or something like that. You heard Lori just then. I still have not gotten over her saying like, fecal particles going through the air with the blowers because you think the deer and the rabbits and other things are, you know, using your yard as as their restroom. And so um, I think this may have stirred some folks up. 404-872-0750. You can fall on either side. Um, and if you feel strongly one way, just please be kind. This isn't, uh, you know, I mean, obviously this is not a political talk show as we have some during the week, Monday through Friday. But I, for the first time in over a year and a half of doing the show, I'm kind of venturing into something a little more, like I said, I don't want to say controversial. I don't want to seem like I'm sensationalizing this topic, but something that folks definitely feel strong about. And, you know, I mean, someone recently told me the cacophony of leaf blowers and those sounds are the sounds of the suburbs, right? But apparently not because Buckhead residents are kind of the ones that got this uh, conversation started. And we'll hear from Mary Kay Woodworth here in in about 20 minutes, uh, Executive Director of the Urban Ag Council, with maybe a little bit different take um, on the story, having worked with and, and looking out for the landscape professionals and things, well-represented group here in the metro Atlanta area. So um, I'm anxious to talk to her and have you hear that side of things as well. So, um, you know, it's that time of year. And like I said, this may only be a hot button issue for the next couple of weeks is when your neighbors are really going to be going crazy Uh, with the leaf blowers and things like that. And speaking of that, this is a little early in the show, earlier than I normally do it. Um, We have been talking to the Georgia Forestry Commission every Saturday for about the last six weeks um, because of the leaf color and the leaf change. So we call that the Georgia Leaf Watch. And we hit peak maybe about last weekend. We had Seth Hawkins on with us. And one more report from Stacia and from Seth. And I, I knew I wouldn't have time to have them on the show to share this with us today. But uh, estimated percentage of color change from green is now at 99% in northwest Georgia. So it is as good as it's going to get, folks. The color change is starting to wind uh, wind down in northwest Georgia. The few leaves remaining should show the dull colors of brown. You're looking at different oaks, um, different arrays of yellows, a few maples still very, very showy with that vivid yellow and orange and even the blood red color. So things that we still see uh, in that maroon kind of family, that red kind of family, you've got sumac still, you've got sweet gum. And in the Northeast, 
again, 100% now of the color change from green for this weekend. So this may be one of the last weekends before we have any kind of uh, wind event or storm event that's going to knock all those beautifully colored leaves off. Okay, time to take a break, and we're going to check traffic and weather and come back with some of your great calls. I think we got you fired up about leaf litter. 404-872-0750. It's green and growing on WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to green and growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk going 80s music this morning and give me a minute i will think of the artist to this song the weather update brought to you by finley roofing mostly sunny today but highs only getting up to the mid 50s it's going to be breezy and chilly please dress accordingly and tomorrow some clouds moving in maybe some rain showers arriving later in the evening but warming up to about 62 lows around 44 your complete weather forecast coming up in 10 minutes so i knew this topic would not get under your skin but maybe ruffle some feathers And I thought, you know, I'm the only one on the WSB lineup that gets to talk lawn and garden and things like this. And my producer, Brent, you know, I thought this is a new topic. This is a edgy topic because it's somewhat controversial for for green and growing. Um, But you have been a part of a radio show that's already talked about leaf blowers. Yes, this was probably a couple (laughs) years ago, but uh, on the radio show, it started in the morning and it just was a random topic that happened. They were talking about noises in the city versus the suburbs. And then leaf blowers got brought up and for the entire day we talked about suburban leaf blowers i mean that who calls knew? everything it was just so random yeah and that's a, that was a political show that you're a yes. part of and like you said it's kind of refreshing to get off topic very much a so bit. every now and then but, but it's funny because in the suburbs if you go outside to get your mail or something you just hear that in the distance yeah. everywhere oh, wherever echoes, you go yes right yeah absolutely <laughs> echo leaf blower <laughs> oh hey appropriately named right there's there's a plug for echo brand but brent i mean i'm so glad you said that because that could be this underlying frustration and annoyance that these folks have and maybe we've tapped into that a little bit for Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. So David from Tucker weighing in on this first. Good morning, David. Morning. Uh, I just happened to hear of a study that came out last month. It was a Danish study, and it was covering the impact of background noise, which, of course, in this case, is leaf blowers uh-huh. included. Uh, and they found a positive correlation between the level of background noise and frequency of background noise and an increased rate of dementia in the Danish population. Wow, that's fascinating. So, like, I wonder if that would apply, too, to leaving our TVs on in the house just as background noise versus maybe your brain needs quiet from time to time to kind of stop and slow down and, you know, be able to process things. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of detail on that, but they were able to differentiate between say, urban environments and even rural environments where maybe they were near a, a high-traffic road or low-traffic environment. Yeah. Uh, so something to uh, take into consideration. It needs further study, but that's kind of a scary little thing. And, David, you've listened to the show for a long time, and you know I'm kind of going off topic here. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about something that actually gets folks fired up. Have you ever heard me do this? <laughs> Not off the top of my <laughs> head. Uh, and, you know, of course, you're a one-two punch now. you got a female call screener, and, and you're uh, doing your thing. I'm, I was uh, mistaken. I told your call screener I hadn't recalled a female call screener, but, of course, you've had them. I just uh, 
haven't had an all-female uh, duo before. There you go. So. See, and David's been listening a long time. Shout out to Ann there and lining up all of your calls. That's the friendly voice you talk to. And David, I'm so glad you were the first caller on that. You set us in a good direction. Also, I read something recently about dementia as well. Uh, people generally become less likely to become agitated and distressed. Regular access to fresh air and exercise and gardening and things to do outside. But yeah, when you have the drone of leaf blowers in the background, that may not be a good thing. More of your calls coming up. 404 872 750 on WSB.